0: Today's guest is Jennifer Hegman. Jennifer had a near-death experience when she was young and living in the Philippines, and today we're going to learn about it. Jennifer, thanks for being my guest and welcome.
1: Thank you, Jeff.
0: So, you know, my audience loves to hear about near-death experiences. And if you don't mind, can we start on the day that yours happened?
1: Okay. So, I was very little that time. And I couldn't even remember the exact um, year old where I, where I was that time, right? And then, um, but I'm pretty sure that was early uh, early nineties, something like that. Um, I suppose I was nine, in between nine years old to eleven years old, that that range. I forget a lot of things because I don't know, maybe I wasn't supposed to remember. So my NDE started when I was having my asthma attack. I had a severe asthma, and then I didn't know that I have an allergic reaction to um, allergens, which are the smoke, wood smoke, um, animal danders dust, and certain food. All of those was present that time when I had my asthma. And so I lived in the Philippines with my mom and dad and the siblings. And we are very, very poor. Our house was so little, made up of wood and very little. And then we use uh, wood to cook food. And so there was one time when my dad and I bought a kind of wood that is so smoky, it doesn't create Fire, that great, but it smokes really bad. And so, in the morning, I was already having problem breathing, and then it continues in the afternoon. Wherein mom and dad was not at home; it was only me and my siblings. But um, so, I went to this room in our house, and I was having problem—really, really bad problem breathing and so I I thought maybe I should lay down or something like that so I did and so um when I lay down it just suddenly I don't know everything anymore I didn't know I didn't it I, I didn't even I couldn't even say that I fainted or something because I was just gone I felt like I slept but then um um, I saw, I did, at this time, I didn't saw that my body was um, laying down or something, but I knew to myself that I was standing and then I was looking at my family and then I didn't really recognize, I, it doesn't come up into my head that they are worried or something because it was just a chaos. My mom, my dad and my other siblings was there, but they were kind of like, oh, what happened? Something like that. I don't just like me what, saying to myself, what are they are into? Why are they worried? I, I don't know. And then, and then my dad saw me first, and then he took me, he carried me, and then my mom was behind him, and then my dad was carrying me, and then my head was kind of like, Falling on the side with no life at all, but it doesn't resonate to me that it was my body. I thought it was just other people or other kid or something like that, because I didn't know. I couldn't. I couldn't connect with that body at all. And so I was in my mom's back, and then I saw what she wore. She she was wearing a summer dress, red with a black. Um, um, flowers that's all I saw and then it doesn't really resonate with me whatever is happening. I was just mm, okay, they are worried, there's something like that. And then my dad was um carrying me and running outside the the um the place where we live through so he he was carrying me and then he was running to um to ask for a ride and then um because nobody wants to give a ride, so he just go out to the street. We were, By the way, we were living in the um, city on that time, the middle of the city. And then my dad went out on the street and then um, looked for a, a tricycle. Um, it's, a, it's a form of transportation in the Philippines with three-wheeled motorcycle with a cab. So that's what my dad did. He went there and then took me and then sent me to the hospital. Between our house to the hospital, it would take you 20 minutes ride with that motorcycle. So all those times, I don't understand. I couldn't understand. I couldn't resonate whatever is happening. It was like chaos to me. And then I feel like I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It's like, "Hmm, I don't like this. This is not the kind I wanted today for my life. Something like that. So I was gone. And then, um, so when I was in the hospital, oh, by the way, before I go to the hospital, and then before my NDE happens, I already wish, because I was so tired. I was tired emotionally, physically, spiritually, and everything around me. I was so tired of it. Um, uh, And then one time I wished, I said, Dear Lord God, I want you to take me out from this earth. I said, I said, I want to die. I can't carry on with this life. This is too hard for me. I'm so little and nobody loves me. Down in the Philippines, when you have dark skin, you are very, very ugly. Hmm. And I was getting bullied because I have round big eyes and dark skin and then they call me ugly so as a child it hurts me so much and so my mom my mom doesn't really show how she loves me or something like that but to make the story short I was so tired of everything I said Lord God take me away from here I want to die and then and so I said but I don't want to kill myself I just want to die. Take me out from here. And so that day in the afternoon, it happened. I went out from my body. I had no life. And then my mom said, um, "He said she said she told me that um, she saw me and my dad saw me first. I was so um, black. My lips were so purple and black. And then my face skin was." Um, pale like a dead person you know and my nails were were blue purple you know when the body runs out with oxygen supply you turns different color right you you look like weird you look dead and so yeah now my dad took me and then sent me to the hospital and then in the hospital um the doctors were very... I, I saw it, I hear it, and then I feel it, but I wasn't in my body. But that time, I still do not know that I was out from my body. So I saw them, like, they were so worried. They were in a hurry, like, oh, let's put this thing on, like, oxygen and stuff, you know, those things, they put, like, the needle here for the, the saline water, they put that one and they were pumping me, and then they, but it still doesn't resonate anything to me. It was just like, oh, this is so chaos. I really don't like this. God, please take me. I just want to die. I just don't want this. And then, so when that time happens, um, I was, I'm not sure if I was above on my body or I was on the corner of that room because It feels like I saw everything. I saw front. I saw the top. I saw the bottom. I saw the sides. But I do not know why I was seeing those. And so um, the doctors were very busy and they were worried for me. They were trying to revive me or something like that. But I said to myself, Lord, take me wherever you want to take me. I just don't want here anymore. This is not the kind of life that I wanted to live. And so, um, suddenly, the surroundings around me changes. It feels like I was in a space, but it feels like I was in the space, but not in the space. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. There were lots of people, lots and lots and lots of people, real people, like, real people like that. And they were hugging me. They were hugging me. They were smiling at me. There were old people. There were young people. There were female. There were male people. And they were happy. They were just coming one at a time in front of me. In my back too. They were coming at my back, in my side, in my front. And they were so happy. And they said, They said to me, oh, you're back, we're happy, something like that. And they were hugging me. And then I was hugging them too. But I couldn't understand why they know me. They don't know me. But it feels like they know me so much. I couldn't understand. And then they were kissing me. They were hugging me. They were very, very happy. And so I said to myself, um... I don't want any attention. This is not me. I'm not an attention seeker. Even when I was little, I was like that until now. I said, "Um, I don't really want your attention. I said, "Um, can you please just leave me alone? I just want to have my own time just for myself. I'm so tired. I said, I'm very, very tired. And so they said, okay. And then he You can go around, something like that. And so my surrounding changes. I don't know why. They were telling me stories. They were showing me something. I remember that. They were showing me. They were telling me. They were telling me a lot of stories. But now, when I come back, I didn't know everything. Like, it was taken away from me. The memories was taken away from me. Only certain um, situation I would still remember. And so um, my environment changes. And it it turns like it was a, a place where there are love. Oh, by the way, when I go there, I feel their love. Like they know me so much deep inside me. They know me so much. And they know me well very, very much. But I don't know why. I can't recognize their face. And so um, in this place... Um, There were houses, and then there were gardens, and all the people there were in harmony. They always smile. Every time they see me, they always smile. And it feels like their smile is a feeling of love, like they love me, like love, super duper love that I couldn't explain. express the, the love that I got from them. It was huge. It was humongous love that I haven't felt on earth. It wasn't a love that you will get from your wife. It wasn't kind of love that you will get from your children, from your friends or anything like that. It was... Like the love that they would love you from the tip of your from the roots of your hair to the tip of your hair to the tip of the toes, to the tip of your fingernails, everything they love you so much that it makes me feel very overwhelming. and I could I said to myself, why they love me so much? This is awesome. This is what I was looking for. I said, I haven't felt this when I was down there. I said, why there's so love, so much love in here? I don't want to go back in there. This is what I want. And then it comes up into my head, just a blink of an eye, so quick that I understand everything. I understand every little thing in there. I understand why they love me, why I love them, why there's love. And so... I was enjoying, I was bathing with love. It feels that way. And so I walked on the street. There was houses and there were really nice gardens because I love plants. I saw a really good garden. If Japanese garden is good to your eyes, you feel like awesome. It's really pretty. In there, it was more than that. Like the garden was has life. The garden has love. And so I was walking and looking at it and I was so mesmerized about it. I was in love with that space, with that place, even the house. I was in love with the houses. It doesn't look glamorous. It was just simple, but very beautiful to my eyes. And so I was walking there and walking there and then, enjoying the, the the air, enjoying the feelings and everything. I was looking to the flowers. I said to myself, I love these flowers. They're so pretty. I haven't seen these flowers before and they're so pretty. And so I said to myself, hmm, I think I'm in heaven. Now that I am in heaven, I think I would like to go to the playground. I would like to play in the um, what do you call this one um swing set you know the swing, yeah, the swing <laughs> sorry, okay. I said I, I want go I want to go and play the swing because at school, my classmates and my friends doesn't want me to play there. they always go first and then I wait and I' waited for a long time. they don't let me have my chance to play the swing, so as soon as I remember that swing it was there like what I was just I was it was just in my head it was just in my consciousness like oh I would love to play in the swing and it was suddenly right in my eyes like right there and there like my space becomes different already it turns around me it it looks like a it looks like a room but it wasn't a room. It was white all over me was white the whiteness I would never ever ever find that color of whiteness here on earth. It the the, the whiteness was um cottony fluffy but it wasn't a cloud. Um it was so comforting, very comforting. And so I saw the swing over there. So I said, as a child, I was so happy looking at the swing. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. I get to have a chance to play in this swing. When I say that, I was already there sitting down on that swing. And then I was playing, playing on the swing as high as I could be like, I swing. Nobody was swinging me. I don't even swing my body, but it was swinging the speed that I was comfortable. It doesn't make me feel scared. I was I was like, this is heaven for me. I was swinging. I was so happy feeling that moment that I was playing on the swing. And so... Everything there, even the swing, the swing chair, even the handle, I mean, the the metal thing, I could feel it, Jeff. It feels like I have body. I have sensations. I can touch. When I touch that string, that metal string that connects with the chair, it feels so real. It feels like I am there alive, like I have physical body. And then the wind, when you kind of like swing, there's a wind that comes by like that. I could feel them. So I said, Oh, if this is so, I don't want to go back anymore. This is what I like. This is what I'm hoping for. This is what I was praying for for so long. I said, I'm going to stay here forever and I will not go back there, down there. I said. And so I was singing and swinging and swinging. swinging. I don't know for how long. And then someone called my name. And this, this, this sound, I mean, this person that was calling me sounds like a male person and sounds like he was in his thirties. That sound of a voice, the tone, he sounds like he was in his thirties. And the voice Sounds like very very authoritative, like you won't miss with this person, you know, like um he he has it has a feeling of you will um, you will respect him, that kind of person, like don't miss with me, you know, something like that. And then he called me twice my name, he said to me. I was on the left side, and then the the voice came from my right side here. I could hear. It sounds like close to me, but it wasn't close to me. He He said my name. He said, Jennifer, Jennifer. And then I did not look back, but I know he was in my right side. He did not show his face to me. He did not say anything but my name. Jennifer, Jennifer. And then so I get out from that um, swing. And then he said to me, Come to the right. Come here to the right. And so I went to the right. I stood up and went to the right side. And then when I was standing on the right, on my right side, I think that was to the west because I was on the east. I remember that one. I was on the east side and he was on my west side. And so I went there. And then when I was standing there, someone came, came to me. Like there was a male presence, a male presence, but I did not saw his face. And a female presence. And I don't know how many they were, but all I can remember was two presents. The male and the female. But the male was very prominent. But still, I did not saw them. And so when I was standing there, there was this person, a male person. He has a dark hair, a long curly, dark hair. And his face, now this entity, this soul, whatever you call him, his face was so handsome very pretty, 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 pretty face. But I didn't recognize him. I don't know. And I saw when he was far from me, he was far from me and he's getting closer and closer and closer. He doesn't walk. He kind of like float, but I saw his feet. He, I saw his feet like walking, but not walking on a... On a um level ground. There's no level ground in there. Um, and then so when he was coming closer to me, I get to remember, I mean, to recognize his appearance. He was long curly hair, a little bit curly, but not too curly. And he has a beautiful face. He got the dark eyes and a long nose. And then he got a mustache. And then he was wearing white, kind of like robe. He was wearing kind of like robe, but it was like it, weigh, it, 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 um, it has a life, kind of like when there's air, it also moves, something like that. And then he has something in his um, waist too. I think it was color yellow or gold or something like that. And then I look at his feet, and he was wearing a a sandal that is a leather made of sandal, color black. And then when he was getting he was still far, but I could feel like he was in love with me. I said, why is this guy in love with me? He couldn't understand. As soon as he's getting closer and closer, I could feel deep into my bones, through my single tiny cell of my body, feels his love, so much love. It was so much love that I couldn't even explain it. The love that he has to me. He, It feels like he accepts who I am. He feels like he is in love with me. I am in love with him the love that is i couldn't find that in the in 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 my childhood even from my parents his love was so much so much and so when he came closer and closer he said to me "Jennifer do you like it here?" i said "i love it here" I prayed to God, I said, I prayed to God to take me in heaven. I said, I don't want to go to the, I don't want to go to earth. I love to die. I I prayed to die, I said. And then he smiled at me. And then, because I was little, and then he kind of like duck, And then he he's like squatting, sitting squat. Something like that. And then so he was level to me. And then he held my hands. He hold both of my hands. And he said to me, do you know that I love you? I said, I do. I love you too. And so um, he said to me, but you cannot stay here yet. He said to me, I said, um... Can you help me stay here? I don't want to go back home, I said. I really don't like them. They are cruel to me. I don't, they they don't love me. Even my mom and people around me don't love me. And so he was convincing me. He said to me, oh, it's nice there, he said. You would learn a lot. He told me, and you will do a lot of things, he told me. He was convincing me and convincing me, and then I keep on on disregarding it. I said, no, I don't like it there. I love it here. I can play. Nobody will bug me here. Everybody there is bugging me and bugging me. They don't even give me a nice sleep, I said. I can sleep here. I don't feel like I'm hungry, I said. And so he was... He wasn't stopping convincing me to go back. And so he said to me, look up to your left. And then I said, what's in there? And then he said, look to your left. And so I looked to my left. And then I was looking inside of our house. It was a little farther. But as soon as I was trying to focus It was getting closer to me, the the image of our house, inside of our house. It feels like I was in our house. But it was was just like a telescope or a magnifying glass that's getting focused and focused to me. And so he said, look, look at your mom, look at your dad, look at your siblings. And so I was looking at it. And then... It, the, my attention catches to the um, house chores that I was um, scheduled to do that day. I was supposed to wash a pile of clothes, our clothes. And then I remember my mom was telling me to go to this friend of her that... Um, sells the food and then she told me that he, I have to go there to ask her owing money from my mom and so I remember that and then I was looking at the clothing and uh, the, the the soiled clothes that I was supposed to hand wash them and so I said to that male person um, in the, I mean I called him male person I said oh yeah I was supposed to do that. It was, it is my schedule today to wash the, the clothes. I don't want my mom to get mad at me. And then she, I still have to go to that friend of my mom. I still have to ask for the money. I don't want my mom to get mad at me because if she got mad at me, she's going to beat me and she might not give me food to eat. And said I said that, and then he said to me, yeah, you have to go back, right? You have to go back there, finish your job. And then I said, mm, it's okay. My, my siblings, mom, dad, we're going to do that. I don't want to go back there. I just want to stay here. And then he said, no, you have to go back. I was like, I was arguing. And then I said, no, I really don't want to go back because I prayed to God that I will die. I want to die. I don't want to be staying on earth because it's cruel there. And then he said, no, you have to go back. You still have a lot of things to do. And so I couldn't argue anymore. And then I, I said, okay, but I have a condition. I said, very stubborn king." <coughs> I said, okay. I'm going down there. I'm going to wash the clothes. I'm going to do my chores because my siblings won't do that. It's only me who, who can do it, right? And he said, yeah, it's only who can do the job. <laughs> and then I keep on repeating. I said, but you will let me come back here as soon as I finish washing the clothes and do the chores, you will let me come back here, okay? And he said, yes, you can come back here anytime you want. He said, anytime you want, you can come back here. And said, wait a minute, but when I go there, how can I come back here? (laughs) I said, no worries, you can come back here. Just go down there. And soon as I said, okay, yes, I'm going back. As soon as I said that, my surroundings becomes different. It becomes so different that I felt, I felt being um, um, what do you call this? I feel so bad, like oh, you lied to me, something like that. <laughs> so when I went back, I I was already in the house. I'm not. I'm still in the hospital. But my table was so different. They put me in a gurney, this, the stainless gurney where the dead people are. I was there. I wasn't in the emergency table where there are lots of machines to revive me. I was on the side. They put me in the corner, corner side, and there was a big electric phone. And then I felt that I was already in my body. I said to myself, I'm not going to open my eyes. My eyes were still closed. (laughs) I'm not going to open my eyes because when I open my eyes, I know I'm alive. I'm alive when I open my eyes. (laughs) But then I couldn't control myself, Jeff. It opened. It opened my eyes. (laughs) And then when I was, oh no, when I was, when, when before that, before I opened my eyes, I could still see. My, my, my mind's eye can see that I was having a company with me. In my table, where my body was laying down, to my left, I saw entities, three entities, and to my right, three entities too. But they, I, I couldn't see their face. They don't have a face. They don't have the physical body. All I can see in my mind's eye was, a liquefied form of a body looks like a hologram, not a hologram, but it looks like liquid um not a smoke, but looks like water. They look like water, but it for it, it they have form, a body form that you can tell if they are male, if they are female, but they, they don't show their face, but just say sh- a shadow kind of look like, but doesn't look like black. It was water-like, a water-like form of a person besides me over here. The prominent one was on my left side and he was a male. I can feel that he was a male and I can feel that he loves me more than, more than, more than I could ever tell to everybody. And so, I was laying down there on that gurney. And then I said, I'm not going to open my eyes. Because I know when I open my eyes, I am alive. (laughs) But then it opens up. (laughs) So when I open my eyes, there was a lady nurse. I'm not sure if she was a lady nurse or a morgue nurse or something like that. There were two. A lady and a male person wearing white robe for like a nursing robe. I don't know how to say that in English, but it was like that. And then she saw me first. She said to me, um, I, she did not say something, but she was kind of like doing elbowing he, her um partner, the guy partner was she was elbowing like that. She was like shocked. Face when you were shocked, you know, like and then and then the guy said, Okay, put her back in that table, and then I was gone again. I feel like I fall asleep. So and then when they carry my body, I was naked, all naked, and I was I was I was no I, I have bag of eyes on my side and it was so cold. Like the I can feel the ice, cube eyes on my side, but it wasn't really, really cold to feel. All I can feel was my body from my head my forehead, to my tip of my toe, my skin was so cold. It was very, very cold that inside of your skin, up to your bone, you would feel the coldness, that the ice doesn't matter at all. It wasn't cold for me. The ice wasn't cold for me. The electric fan wasn't cold for me. The only thing that I would remember was the coldness through my bones. And so they put me back. To that emergency table, where they put um, they put me oxygen. They they put me those um, saline water and everything and and everything they put me everything, and then I was so tired around that time, and then I fell asleep. And then when I woke up, I was already in the regular room where my mom was there. And then the other patients was beside me, and then and then the doctor came in with the interns, and then he was I saw him on the front um, front entrance door, and he was saying today to um interns that um, he was excited to ask me. He he was like, oh that girl that girl we're going to ask that girl we're going to interview her. And then when they came and then they were asking me, the doctor was asking me, I think he was really curious about in the ears too. And then he was asking me, he said, can you remember um, what you have done or where you were at? He was asking me like those questions, but I couldn't remember a single thing, Jeff. None of it I would remember. I would always say, I don't know. I don't know. And then my, my feeling was, I'm okay. I i wasn't sick. I feel like I'm not sick. Why am I here? Like, why they put me oxygen? I feel good. I feel like I was really good. I don't have an asthma anymore. I feel so good. And then he was so disappointed. The doctor was so disappointed because I couldn't tell the story. And he said, hmm, okay, maybe tomorrow you will remember And then he did not come back the next day. It was a different doctor. And then in front of me, there was a tree, a mango tree, I suppose. It was so huge. And then when I was in that regular room, I feel so different, Jeff. I feel in love with the tree. I feel in love with all the patients around me. I think it was still the the after effect. I think I was still carrying on the love. I was in love with them. I loved them so much. And then after that, after that one, it was just gone. I couldn't remember anything. After 30 years, Jeff, I did not remember anything. The only thing that triggers my memory was when I was in YouTube, I saw this I saw this um, lady. She was a native Canadian, I suppose, and she had a near death. She had an overdose of a, I don't know what kind of drugs was that. She was overdosed. And then when she came back, she was telling like, when I come back from from my death, I felt like my body was so cold, very, very cold. And then I get to connect with that one, Jeff. I said, hey, wait a minute. I had that experience before, but I just brush it off. I said, yeah, I remember I had that experience before because she was, um, she was kind of like describing how it feels. I was like, it was the same feeling. I said, so I brush it off. And then one time I couldn't understand myself, Jeff. Every time I wake up for so long, for so long, 30 years, when I look at my hands, when I look at my body, wherever, when I wake up, I look at my body, I couldn't, I couldn't connect to my body. Like, wait a minute, is this a body? Like, wait, why I couldn't, couldn't connect with you? I, I pinch pinch myself, like, I would stare my fingers, I would stare my hands, back, front, back, like, am I inside of this body? (laughs) I will wiggle myself, I will shake myself, like, Am I inside of this body? <laughs> I would go like, I was like, and then I would ask myself, I was like, Am I crazy? Am I in this world? Am I here? Am I sleeping? Am I dreaming? Something like that. I couldn't connect. And then I was so interested, very, very interested in spiritual works, in anything esoteric, anything astrology, Zajab, whatever, spirits, whatever. You know, I was so interested. And so when I married my husband, I told him stories about like, you know what? I could feel something. I could I could tell you before it happened, things like that. And so um he's, he said to me, okay, and so I keep on searching for workshops, everything like that. And so there was this psychic in Red Deer. I went there for a workshop, and then she. So it was just a a coaching, life coaching. And then when I went into her house, and then I saw, oh, and then I asked her. I said, "Do you do spiritual work?" And then she said, "Yes, I do teach spiritual work, mediumship, and something, blah blah blah, something like that." And then she told me, "Wait a minute, I feel like you had an." I feel like this is your second life in this life right now. You died before. Did you know that? They said, no, nope. I couldn't remember that still. <laughs> she was telling me, yeah, you died before. She said, you ask your mom. And then I said, okay. And then, so I brush it off again and I go with my workshop, life coaching. And then after that, my, my interest to spiritual works getting was getting more and more and so I was looking for people that has the same um the same mind like me and so I found workshops in Edmonton too so I went there I do the mediumship work and everything psychic work and stuff like that because I couldn't understand that's and then I do that too and so um I do tarot cards, stuff like so. And then after that near-death, sorry, I keep on going back and forth. Mm-hmm. After I get into my near-death, I couldn't understand myself, Jeff, why I'm so in love with wind, especially um storm. Storm, super-duper heavy storm. I love them. It makes me feel so happy. I don't know why, but I love them. And then one time, this was happened when I was already 20, 27, I suppose, something around those age, 27, 28, something like that. Did you know that really big storm that hit in the Philippines? We call it Hayan, I think. But in the Philippines, we call it Yolanda, Storm Yolanda, the big, huge one that really. It was a big thing during 2013, I suppose. It was big. I I live in that place, in Takloban City. It got hit by that big, huge storm, that super typhoon. We call it here Haiyan, I suppose, during 2013. Three months before it happens, Jeff, I was riding in this jeepney in a public vehicle. And then that jeepney, it stopped in the corner where there was the Corn, a four way, it was a four way. The front was a church and then it goes four way. And it stopped there, I don't know why, in a flick of a second. You know what? In my mind's eye, my back of my head, I was seeing a big storm. I saw a, in my head, it was showing me uh, the weather. It was showing me um, flood, a very, very huge flood. It was showing me um, the water level was so high up onto the church um, roof. And then I feel, I felt the, the strong wind, the gust of the wind. And then I hear, I heard crying babies. I heard Crying women, I heard men, women, children. I heard all of them crying, asking for help. And then I couldn't understand. And then also, if you smell the water, you cannot tell it's a water, right? There's no smell, there's no odor on the, on the water. But it runs into my into my face like that. The water, Jeff. I when it goes into my hair, I smelled it and I said it was water. Why I can smell water? When I smell it, I know it's. I knew it was water. And then a the strong wind and everything. And then they were cray- crying for help. And it and then in my head as far. And then I twist my head like so, looking in my right side. I can see the water the water rising it the, the level of the water was rising so high and it was it was so um destructive i saw it so high and the gust of the wind was so strong and then people floating and everything like that and the houses was was wrecked and everything like that and then i suddenly cried i was crying i don't know why i was crying and my tears was falling and then in my face and then i said why am i crying why am i so sad about it i couldn't understand myself and then when the jeepney moves i said to myself oh yeah you need lesson because you people are being hard-headed now you're very materialistic now you have to learn something like that and so i after 3 months i flew here to canada and then in that three months, November, when I was watching at the TV, my, my my roommate, my boardmate said to me, Oh, Jennifer, you live in Tacloban City? And then I said, yeah. And then she said, did you know that there was a big, huge storm? It kills a lot of people. Look in the TV, in the news. And then I was looking at the news. And then it did not surprise me at all, Jeff. What I was watching in the news, on the TV screen, was the same thing that I saw. Every single thing, the flying um, tin, the flying roof tin, I saw that. The water, I saw them. The dead people, I saw them. Everything. Everything that I was watching on the TV, I saw them. I said to myself, that's what I saw, I said. And they said, what? And then so I stopped. I did not tell the story. And then I was just praying that it will be okay people will be okay so it happened and there are also many things that happens in my life that i already foreseen it and i couldn't understand why i even saw my husband where he lives before i met him i saw also many things most are most are um natural disaster i don't know why i couldn't understand why but I saw it. And then when I am sleeping at night, there are many, 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 many times that when I sleep at night, I knew that I was sleeping. I knew that I am dreaming, but I knew that it wasn't just a dream, Jeff. It feels so real that I'm not, I, I, I couldn't say that it was a dream. I feel like I, I'm there. I'm talking to dead people, Jeff, when I'm sleeping. It happens to me many times. They will. I will see them, like people that I know that they already died. And then sometimes I talk to them, they talk to me. And then when there are things going to happen to me, bad or good, they will come and show up and they will talk to me like they're giving me warnings. That's what they do to me. But when it, there's a good thing happens to me, Um, They were just happy or something. But if there's something really bad that will going to happen to me, I'm sitting down and they were sitting down and we were talking. They were talking to me like, be careful to this person, be careful to that, this thing's going to happen. But when I wake up, I always forget what we have talked about, but I will never, ever forget what we were doing, whom I was talking with, something like that. And then, yeah, (laughs) those are my things.
0: You had an amazing story, and thank you for sharing that. So when you first got to the other side, there were a lot of people there that loved you and were happy to see you, and you didn't know who they were. But it appeared that eventually you did figure out who they were. Can you remember now who those people were?
1: No, I still couldn't remember them, Jeff. I only remember their faces, how they look, but I couldn't remember their names.
0: Do you have an opinion of who they were?
1: I have heard from your podcast too, when I was watching, they were probably my relatives or they are connected to me. They could be probably my soul soul group. I'm not sure because they love me so much and they knew me. uh, They knew me.
0: That would be my guess. What about the being that had the long hair and the beautiful face? I noticed that he didn't say who he was, but do you have an opinion of who that was?
1: Yes, I do have an opinion for that one. He did not introduce his name. He did not say like, my name is Jesus. I'm like this. No, he did not say that. But I saw and I remember his face Um, when this girl from, um where is this girl from? Around nearby Russia. Um, I just forgot this um artist. Mm-hmm. I forgot this artist. She called her painting the the Prince of Peace. That's the face. That's the person that I saw.
0: Wow. What was the painting called again? The Wings of Peace?
1: Prince of
0: The Prince of, of Peace.
1: peace. Mm. Yeah, that's him. Mm. I forgot her name. Hmm. She was living a country nearby Russia. Hmm.
0: Well, from your description, it appears to be Jesus because a couple other guests on my podcast described him as being very beautiful, and you also said he had so much love for you.
1: Yeah, it was love, pure love, Jeff. Oh, that was awesome. Every time I'm sad. I would always go back to that emotion, that that feelings, mm-hmm. and I would sleep. Uh, it makes me feel sleepy, and I would go sleep.
0: <laughs> so, it's very
1: comforting. He was so love with
0: me. All right, so you had basically forgotten about the experience for about thirty years, from what I understand, until you watched a video. And then you watched a video about near-death experience yes. and someone described themselves as being cold. And then you realized, hey, I was cold too when I came back. Yes. At yes. what point did it all come back to you? When? What was the thing that happened that all these memories, did they all come back at once or did they slowly come back over time?
1: At one time, it came back to me like full force, like everything. And then... um. It kind of like unfolding little by little. And so when I watch an indie years, I would say some of them, some of their experiences, experiences, I would say, hey, wait a minute. I was there. I experienced that. I knew that I was there. And then it turns my memories coming back because when I come back after my NDE, Jeff, I was very forgetful. I was never been like that. When I was little, my memory was awesome. I don't even listen. I mean, I would just listen to my teacher at school, but I never ever read a book or you know go back and read whatever my teacher would say because I would remember every single thing. But after my NDE, I was very forgetful.
0: What about this? When the woman told you or asked you, did you die before and you you didn't remember it, did you go ask like your parents or your mother, hey, did I die
1: before? No, I just remember it. Oh. It came up to me after a day or two when I wake up. After I wake up at night, that day, I remember. It was just like, downloaded to me I think when I was sleeping Mm -hmm. yeah
0: Mm.
1: but I did not Jeff went to the sorry I just have to tell you this sorry I'm cutting you off I have to tell you that I did not went through a tunnel I remember only I went to this space and then the rest of the people and then I went into this black void that they were telling. Yes, I went to that black, black void because I remember I get so afraid on that black void. Sorry, I did not tell that to you when I was telling the story. And that black void, I was so afraid. I couldn't stay there. I said to myself, I don't want to stay here. It's so dark. This is not what I want. And then suddenly it opens up. It becomes bright, you know, and it becomes so bright. It's so white, but it doesn't hurt your eyes. the one that they're telling. They were telling story that it was so wide. The, the light was so bright. It is true, Jeff, because I went there, and then I saw that light. It was very bright, but it doesn't hurt your eye, really. It, you won't even blink, but yeah, it was so nice. It's a really, really nice feeling.
0: As far as I know, the majority of people in the Philippines are Catholic. Are you Catholic?
1: Yes, Jeff. I was born Catholic, I was raised Catholic, but I am not religious at all. I am very spiritual. Mm -hmm. Cause after my NDE Jeff, I when I go to when we go to churches, it makes me feel so different there. Like I couldn't I couldn't connect what the priest was saying, but I love going to the church. I felt something on the church, especially when there's praising songs, praising God's songs. It melts my heart. I would feel the love, like the the, the surroundings, the frequency, the energy of that space is different. It feels like there are entities, there are powerful being listening to what you are singing it makes me feel i can feel it i i will every time i go to the church every time there's a praising song jeff i would feel that, that there's something in there listening yeah
0: when you just came back and you were laying on that steel gurney and you said there were entities around you do you think those were your soul group or angels or do you have any idea who they were
1: no, Jeff, I don't have an idea if they were a soul group or anything. But the thing that I only for sure that I can tell you is the love, that they love it. They they, they love the singing. They love the praising song, something like that. I would feel it.
0: After all this information came back to you, how did you change as a person?
1: It changed me very much. It changed me how I look at people it changed me how I look. Even the single weed, a single tree, a single grass. Jeff, after my NDE, I couldn't understand Jeff, and I will not be able to express the re- real thing here. Okay, I will understand the plant. It feels like they're talking to me. That feels like I would be. I am able to understand them. That it feels like they're talking to me, Jeff. I don't know why, but that's the way I felt. That's plants, animals. When I look at the eyes of animals, I feel, I feel them. I can understand them. Something like that. I couldn't explain why, but that's how I felt. I felt the plants, I felt the animals, I can understand them. It feels like they're talking to me and I'm talking to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: How do you think the general population in the Philippines feels about NDEs?
1: They will not accept it yet. It's not acceptable yet in the Philippines, Jeff. My family, to tell you the truth, it hurts me so much because they call me crazy. Hmm. Yeah, they. I feel so bad. I'm not even talking to them right now because of what there are certain situations that I choose not to be close to my family. And one time, I was telling to my sister about what I saw, that um, super storm happened in the Philippines. I said, I saw that. I saw it before it happened. I tell her very detailed thing. And then she didn't tell me right in my face that I'm crazy, but I heard it from my friends or people that knows me that she said that I'm getting crazy, Hmm. that I need a doctor or something. You see how painful it will be, you know, to tell them about my NDE.
0: Have you made a lot of friends in Canada? And, and have you spoke to them about your NDE? And if so, what do they think?
1: No, I, I don't have that much friends here. Only, um, how to say this? Um, mutual friends. I don't know how to say it really, you know, just regular friends that you know, and then, in my workshops, but in my even in my workshop, I haven't even told this story. This is my very first time in my life to be in public mm. telling this. Wow. But I'm ready. I'm okay.
0: Well, I'm glad you're willing to share it with us. Yeah. What about your NDE inspires you?
1: Inspires me, yes. It it, it inspires me to the point that I respect people that died. You know, it inspires me that when we die, we don't really die. When we die, it is the happiest thing. Every time I heard people or I knew people that are dying, I get jealous, Jeff. I don't know why. Oh, dang it. He's going home. She is going home. (laughs) When is my time? I'm not afraid. Since I went back after my NDE, I felt no any, or, or I wasn't, n- I'm not afraid of dying. You know, I was like, oh, it's awesome in there. I knew in there, I've been there. Oh, it's awesome there. I can't wait, you know. If God takes me now, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know, mm. I'll be there. I enjoy life again in there. I love it there, you know. I was even arguing with him. I said, I don't want to go back in there. <laughs> Mm but he said no you have to go back
0: I thought you said that he was telling you that you had things to do have you thought about that and figured out what are the things that you need to do here
1: yes yes what are those because yeah because he let me remember things what I was doing there and what was my experience I think that he wants me to say this to people right Whomever who's willing to opening their doors to open up spirituality, um, opening their, you know, their doors for about NDE, about spirits, about God, about love, about this enormous, gigantic love, <laughs> you know, remind them that, hey, guys, don't be materialistic. In the Philippines, people are materialistic. They love to, they don't love their own skin and everything, right? They want to be beautiful and white, super duper white and brown. I think that's what my thing to do, you know, share and wake them up like, hey, you have to wake up. That's not the life, you know. You have to do something more than that. Make yourself better. Be nice to people, Don't be mean to people, you know. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. So I'm going to change direction here with you. And I just want to help you out. So is there anything that you would like me to promote? Like, do you have a website or a book or anything that you want to share with people?
1: Um, I don't have a book, but I opened my door to people that wanted to learn about spirituality. um, Because I have a workshop that I joined, that it enhanced your gift. If you have one, everybody has, but not everybody are willing to develop it, right? So if you want something like will support you, whatever you have, like those people that cannot understand why you have that gift, or why are you experiencing that, you can contact me and we can have a talk. I don't have a book. I do have Instagram. I'm on Instagram, but I'm on private. Um, You can drop a message to me and I will accept you. I will message you and something like that. I do also have a website. Is it a website or a page? I should say a page. I'm not very technical. (laughs) I have a page because I sell jewelry, real gold. It's real gold by Jen.
0: Real Gold by Jen. Yeah. And then if they wanted to email you or reach out to you, what's the best way to contact you?
1: Oh yes, you can reach me out through my email. It's Jenny Hippolio, Jenny J H E N Y B that G E P O L L O at Gmail.com or on my Instagram, Jennifer Hageman. Or in my Facebook, Jennifer Dandelion. Uh, Jessica Dandelion.
0: Jessica Dandelion?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, great. All right, before we finish up, do you have one last positive message that you want to share with everybody?
1: Yes. Um, when you are out there, whoever is listening to me right now, I love you all. And I just want you to know that. Don't be, a, don't be afraid of dying because it's really awesome out there. And love everybody. Spread love.
0: <laughs> well, that's a great message. Let me get one more question. Can you tell me or can you even give me an estimate or can you just, I don't know if it's even possible, but how much love did you feel when you were there? Is it indescribable or gigantic or big or how would you put it?
1: Um, I couldn't measure the love that I felt there. All I can say is I've never, ever, ever felt that. It's not even ginormous. <laughs> There's no word to explain how much the love was because it was, it was all of me. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. everywhere.
0: Does it just like consume you? Like you become love? Like the love that's everywhere? Yes.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's
0: great. Exactly. Perfect. All right, Jennifer. Well, thank you so much for being my guest. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best.
1: Likewise, Jeff. Thank you.
0: Thank you and have a good evening. Bye bye. Bye now. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast.